to part two of our three-part introduction on Unithalo, the wonderful human solution. Please remember that this podcast is actually a potluck party, and I, Shilliam Wakespeare, am serving as your humble host. Sit down a while, and let us once again electronically assail your ears as I prance upon the stage of your mind. I'm ever so thankful that you are here connecting with me. Also, I hope you will eventually connect with others who have accepted this open invitation for all to be here. In our magical time period, we may arrive to this event at any time, coming from any place as friends near and far, in sickness or health, in poverty or wealth. To be honest, I'm feeling honoured to serve the dual role as James Spicer's speaking puppet and your humble potluck host simultaneously. He feels a bit insecure, socially anxious, and visibly awkward at such shindigs. As a guest to such events, Mr. Spicer normally would serve as the red-faced wallflower, awkwardly socialising only if someone else approached him first. He held off introducing himself at the beginning of this talk, where most people formally do such a thing. He did this because he wanted me, Shilliam Wakespeare, to first introduce the theme of a community social gathering as a template and not go straight into making this all about me or him. He doesn't want this to be about me or him. He wants it to be about all of us. It's not that he sees the community as more important than the individual. It's that he recognises a community is, or at least should be, composed of free individuals who each have unique gifts to offer. I agree with him, don't you? However, we have a major problem regarding these unique gifts each of us has to offer. The problem is that when the giver is out of whack, the gift is often damaged upon arrival and may be even dangerous. And if the receiver is out of whack, the gift may be rejected, mistreated or misunderstood. If we look all around, there appears to be a lot of evidence that we are severely out of whack, both as givers and receivers. And even worse than all that, as takers that grab whatever we can get our big grabbing hands on. This problem could be stated simply as follows. All is not well with us. It seems to me that 
If we were to evaluate humanity as a whole, as one interconnected being spread across the face of Earth, we would have to conclude that all is not well with us. A medical doctor would place a stethoscope on our hearts and say all is not well with us, diagnosing us as diseased. A psychotherapist would lay us down on the couch and say all is not well with us, diagnosing us as pathological and mentally ill. A religious leader would pray and say all is not well with us, because when viewed as a whole, humanity appears to be morally and spiritually corrupt. The legal system would judge us as criminal. The political system would call us the enemy over there or the enemy within. Neighbors eye each other with suspicion and animosity over walls and fences. Many of us only love our own and hate the outsider. If you watch the news for five minutes, this quickly becomes evident. All is not well with us. When all is not well with us, when we are out of whack, then we demonstrate the opposite of humanity at its best. We un-become human, we de-evolve, we become inhumane or inhuman or subhuman. We become warmongers, robbers and oppressors. We become serial killers, rapists and molesters. We become psychotic, neurotic and sick. We become parasites, devils and monsters. We become destructive rather than creative. We unbecome and come undone. It's not that others become these horrible things. It's that I become them. You become them. And we become them. The statistics are horrifying. Scientists have invented a symbolic concept. The doomsday clock. To demonstrate the imminent danger we are in. The top three dangers listed are nuclear war, climate change, and disruptive technology. I would like to point out that these are all outer manifestations or group symptoms of the top three inner dangers we experience as individuals, of which are rarely considered, if at all. The first inner danger is that we are divided and conflicted within ourselves motivationally and we constantly erupt with inner battles of the will. Observe how you have struggled with your own conflicted will. The second inner danger is that we are suffering from inner climate change. 
emotionally from the psychological pollutants we've been exposed to throughout our lives that damage our sense of feeling. Observe how your life has been impacted by your own feelings. The third inner danger is that our thinking has focused too much on the outer physical reality, while we have failed to cultivate cohesive metaphysical technologies regarding inner realities, including thoughtfulness and mindfulness. Observe how your own thinking has often landed you in troubled waters. We are disruptive and inconsistent regarding our willings, feelings, and thinkings. To cultivate cohesiveness means to come together to be consistent, harmonious, united, and aligned. I quickly used a lot of big words there, but to put it simply, all is not well with us. However, surely we can do something about that. Lockdown and mask up. Lockdown and mask up. Eat keto rainbows. Eat keto rainbows. Post hate in the comments. Post hate in the comments. Narcissistic abuse. Narcissistic abuse. To be human or not to be human? That is the question. It seems to me that the wonderful human solution to all of these problems is a practice James Spicer has called Unithalo. This practice puts us in touch with that mysterious part of our being that makes us truly human that part of us that says I am. This part of our being is a spark of light within us that can willfully unify our inner will and make it whole. It can emotionally clear the pollutants within us so that we may flourish. And it can thoughtfully cultivate cohesive metaphysical technologies within us to use as tools to work on our inner realities as well as our outer physical reality. Only when we become unified within ourselves may we become unified in relationship with each other. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. 
Just as we didn't start off by introducing ourselves, James and I, there is another thing we're doing out of order here. Normally, by now, the standard would have been to offer our credentials or qualifications so that you may have confidence in me. The one spoken through, or Mr. Spicer, the one that speaks without speaking. Firstly, I would like to present a negative credential. Like many of us, all is not well with me. That's something we probably all have in common. Wouldn't you agree? If most of us were to honestly evaluate ourselves as individuals, we would probably have to admit the same. All is not well with me. I know the good thing to do. And yet I don't do it. I know the bad thing not to do, and yet that's what I do. My mind says no, but my body says yes. My heart says yes, but my mind says no. All is not well with me. I'm often confused, conflicted, and I make dumb mistakes. I don't take care of my relationships as well as I should. I don't take care of my finances as well as I should. I don't take care of my surroundings as well as I should. I don't take care of my body, my soul, or my spirit as well as I should. All is not well with me. It seems to me like this would apply to everyone, if we were being completely honest. But I remember now, I'm in this earthly world where to do harm is often laudable, and to do good sometimes accounted as dangerous folly. Artistic robots and energy drinks and energy drinks. Augmented war zone. Augmented war zone. Bleached coral reef. Bleached coral reef. Secondly, the one who speaks through me, James Spicer, doesn't have any valid credentials either, other than that he has spent his whole life carefully observing humanity, his own self, and his relationships with those around him. 
He has had plenty of ups and downs, and he's learned much from both. In addition to first-hand experiences, he has also spent his whole life casually researching the problems we face as individuals and as a species. He has studied and been heavily influenced by teachings from all sorts of disciplines and traditions, including the anthroposophical works of Rudolf Steiner, Marshall Rosenberg's non-violent communication, the charitable and forgiving principles of Christianity, the mindfulness practices of Buddhism, and a variety of shining individuals he has directly interacted with in his own lifetime. However, he wanted to be sure not to create a hodgepodge, mashup, or smorgasbord where you just take what you like and leave the rest. This isn't meant to meet your fancy, but to meet human needs. You don't shape it into what you like, but let it shape you into what you were meant to be. It seemed to James that we would best benefit from an integrated, holistic package where everything is aligned and calibrated to work together in unison. So slowly, over decades, he began to consolidate what he has learned through practical experience into these daily practices that he calls Unithalo. But now we are depending on you to help make it whole with the unique gifts you have to bring to the table. This new worldview needs input from a variety of other humans to make it well-rounded like a globe, like a world of its own, like a home with a hearth and a bowl of delicious soup. And this, our life, exempt from public haunt, finds tongues in trees, books in the running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. Oh, poor, poor James and his loved ones. There have been times when he has stuck with these practices to the level at which he has developed them without your input, and unfortunately there have been times when he let them slip away into the background, or did not do them at all. The times when he did them consistently were the best of times. The times when he did not do them were the worst of times and filled with the regrets. The regrets would snowball and become further reasons not to do the practices at all. This made things even worse. 
as you can imagine. When this half-wretched fellow looks back over this developmental decade of his life, he can't help but to wince from a strong sense of pain, shame, and regret for the lows in his life. These lows were either completely his own fault or completely outside his control, or somewhere in between, as with us all. James could have handled most of these situations much better than he actually did. What shames James most about this is that if he had been sticking to his own practice, these lows could have been completely avoided or at least have not gone so low, 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 low. He was such an idiot, if I may say so. If we wanted to go easy on him, we could mercifully acknowledge that it was challenging to develop something such as this while living life out on the front lines. The front lines, after all, are loaded with all manner of distractions, temptations, and setbacks. But still, his sense of painful remorse is part of what compels him to share this with others. We can benefit by learning from his mistakes. The earlier we can start this daily practice in our lives, the less regrets we'll have of our own, and the world will be a better place for us all. This is what I personally believe. It's what Mr. Spicer believes, and we'd like you to help us test it out as an experiment. There's one final thing we'd like to mention about how he worked all this out before we wrap up this event for the day. I just explained to you that we have no valid credentials and we hope you'll cut us some slack about that. In addition to that low starting point, we also can't offer you any testimonials from others that this practice actually is the wonderful human solution. We're hoping you can help us with that by being among the experimental forerunners who test this out. I, Shilliam Wakespeare, am confident that we'll achieve wonderful results, especially with tweaks based on user input and feedback. However, as I have already hinted at, James did have plenty of rough false starts over the years, trying to get this thing worked out to this level where he is bringing it forward and outward. As he was developing this practice, the poor fool tried to teach to his own inner family these discoveries as he went along. But what he later came to realize was that he had not yet fully worked out any of this 
and rather than him teaching them, he was the student and they were the teacher. This is what many of us call the school of hard knocks. But there was another danger one experiences when attempting such endeavours. When one moves towards brighter lights, one casts darker shadows. What dreadful entities that lurk in these shadows will do anything within their power to punish you for your efforts. Beware, my friends. The Spicer family life was full of division and conflict, and they didn't always treat each other as well as they could have. As befitting in our conflicted world, they regularly operated on a dysfunctional level. Don't we all? Or do you fancy yourself above all that? It is through this experience that James has the most regrets regarding wishing he had only consistently followed his own practice. There were more than plenty of times when he was a hypocrite, a procrastinator, and a big, monstrous grouch. If he wants to be sad and snivel up in the fetus position under bed sheets, all he has to do is think about how he blew it in these irretrievable moments of life and in his cherished but damaged relationships with others. But if he wants to feel positive about it, he sees it as a learning experience he is thankful to have received through and with this particular bunch of people. And yet, even though they had their share of terrible lows, the majority of their life together was, and is, wonderful. Unfortunately, Due to the survival nature of our human brain, most of us have a tendency to remember bad times in vivid detail, while joyful times are hazy, half-forgotten dreams. It's called negativity bias. That's why we constantly need to practice forgiveness, redemption, and endless second chances to enable positivity to gain the upper hand. Now that you know that the presenters of Unithalo are imperfect, that we make plenty of mistakes, and that we're not presenting ourselves as big experts on anything at all, it would be wonderful if you could cut us some slack as we submit this presentation. We hope you will give us the benefit of the doubt and we would like to do the same for you in turn as we establish our friendship. But even more than this, we hope you will join us and help 
in perfecting this practice and to work out the kinks. We also hope you will spread the open invitation for others to do the same. Unithalo can't be the wonderful human solution without an ample amount of humans to make a movement out of it. Thank you for lending me your ear to the end of part two of our three-part introduction. Now that you have made it past the halfway mark, please join us for the conclusory introduction of this podcast potluck party. Part one was like an appetizer. Part two was soup or salad. But part three is the main course. This is where I will lay out the breakdown of Unithelo as a daily practice that will enable you to become the wonderful human solution. I look forward to sharing this joyfully with you. The presenters of Unithelo desire this offering to be fully available for free so that people of all means may freely access it. So please be sure to take advantage of this and subscribe completely for free. However, if you have the means to spare us a dime a day for this daily practice, as a tip, please choose the paid subscription option at $2.99 a month and gain access to bonus material. Don't forget to check the description for up-to-date contact information as well as experimental participation information. Thank you for your support.